Welcome to another episode of Nomenclature. I am your host, Brandon Henderson. My guest today is Michael Palisak, and he chose the word prestigious to discuss, which is apt for Michael because uh, you're about to hear a long list of very prestigious uh, late night shows, etc., that he has performed on, including uh, The Late Late Show with James Corden, uh, A Little Late with Lily Singh. He's been on Craig Ferguson. Conan is a Comedy Central half-hour special. He was a top five finalist on Last Comic Standing. He's been on The Late Show with both Colbert and Letterman. What is happening? It's very exciting. Uh, Michael is just a gem of a person. Um, we performed together once, and um, not to shock anyone, but he was uh, better than me. But it was fun, nonetheless. And uh, I'm hoping some of his extreme prestige will rub off on me. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode of Nomenclature uh, as we discuss prestigious with my very special guest, Michael Palisak. How's it going, my man? Good. How are you? I'll turn on my video. There we go. Yeah, you uh, you get the benefit of not having to see me, <laughs> and uh, my soupy new uh, tattoo that I got tonight. Oh, it's soupy. Is that bad, or is that how they normally? <laughs> well, you get you get the tattoo. Okay. And then they, uh, you know, they they clean it off a little bit, and then they put like plastic or saran wrap or whatever around it. Yes. I'm assuming you have not had one. No, um, I have not. That's why I'm interested. In yes. So they, they wrap it up and then it's, it like sweats and it bleeds. <laughs> and I, um, especially like all the tattoos that I get are so far have all been uh, like pretty solid black, like just lots of black. And so they're just scraping the, the crap out of my, my skin. Ooh. And then, um, Tonight was particularly exciting because it, it started to bleed a little bit through the plastic. So it looked like ground beef through oh. like at the supermarket, like an extra yeah. bloody like portion of ground beef. So um, my wife did not at all appreciate uh, the view <laughs> uh, of my arm. So I was going to um, say on your face. Is it on your face? Yeah, it's on my face. Um, it's a picture of you, actually. This is what I do. Every podcast, you get. <laughs> yeah, I just get another face over my face every single time. It's it's really exciting. It's actually a little embarrassing. I'm I'm really excited about it. The, he did such an amazing job. Um, but it, it it actually is a tattoo of Lenny Bruce. Oh, nice! Like the 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 picture with him with like the cigarette, kind of looking behind yeah. himself. You you know the picture I'm talking about. I think so. Yeah, the one that they you always show. They always show. Yeah, it's like one of you know if you if you Google him, it's it's yeah. one of like three that you'll see. Um, he did a, an amazing job, um, but you know, getting arguably the most influential comedian on, uh, not at all arguably like provable. Um, yeah, the the worst or at least mediocre, quote unquote, comedian in the world is is funny. No, at very least. So it's a good time. 
Um, how you been, man? We're, 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 we're just recording, by the way. This is how, how I roll. I like to ambush. Oh, good. Just go for it. Well, I want to say thank you for understanding my schedule. I, my son was just uh, going down a little longer, so I appreciate you understanding. No worries, man. I have, uh, I have five of those. <laughs> so <laughs> believe me when I tell you, I get it. How, uh, <laughs> how you been during all this uh, craziness? The last time I saw you was, was what? Uh, was it a year uh, and a half ago? About a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was October of 2019. So not quite a year and a half. It feels like about 30 years ago. It does feel like a long time ago. A lot has changed. Um, has it? In the world and in my life. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Tell me, uh, well, t- how, old, how old is, uh, I apologize. I can't remember. No, no, name, no. You but... hung on one time. Uh, Jack Jackson. Jack. Is- yeah, we call him Jack or Jackson. Either one's fine. Um, and uh, he just turned two in December. And uh, yeah, he's wonderful. It's very fun. Um, yeah. And I love two. Two's yeah. a good age. Good, because a lot of people were like, oh, two. And we were like, yeah. no, we, we, we're calling it terrific twos. We're reclaiming it as the terrific <laughs> twos. No, three is what you have to watch out for. So it's coming. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, like, know. don't even two is nothing compared to three, Michael. I got I got to be honest with you. Twelve is pretty terrible right now. Really? Um, <laughs> as is fourteen. I have. I mean, it's crazy. 16, 14, 12, 10, and almost seven. So <laughs> it's bananas. But wow. um, that's the whole gamut. You're like you know, a real a real dad in a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like one of those, uh, yeah, it's like a sitcom where people are like, let's come up with a, a thing that would be so crazy. No normal human would <laughs> actually do this, but, um, I, I have, but, um, I actually met a woman in Alabama, in Mobile, Alabama of all places who had herself given birth to 21 children. Which feels like too much, maybe too many. I don't know. I mean, I've that's heard. your whole career of birth. <laughs> like, that's a big career. Cause that's like, well, when can women have kids? Like when they're 15? Well, I, my birth mother, mother was, was 15. So let's say at least that. Least, I, I think it's probably earlier, year. technically, but yeah. So know. if she waited till she was 18 and she did it 21 every year for 21 years. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was essentially pregnant for, you know, 20 plus years. That's crazy. My son's mother said that, like, she would complain about being pregnant, but then she secretly told me she was like, it's great. People do everything for you. It's great. <laughs> I was like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> be like, uh, yeah, now you're going to be withholding. Yeah. You know? When she's yeah. getting, getting frisky, you'd be like, no, nah, I know what you're after. <laughs> you're after people picking things up heavy things up for you <laughs> yeah um what's uh what's changed in in uh in your in your life you said your your life has gotten pretty crazy just oh, just not yeah. traveling as much obviously and yep i um i'm not well december i actually did three three clubs which was very fun and it was nice to get out again and nice it was safe i came back you know safe and uh i have not had it yet have you had it the coronavirus not to my knowledge. Well, yeah, um, I guess that's my knowledge. I've been tested or I mean, I've been, been f- tested, but I've never tested positive. 
Yeah, I got tested maybe like four months ago was the last time. And I, I haven't felt, you know, sick um, yeah. to, to get tested again. So I don't That's, think so. But yeah. uh, and no one in my family that I know of, again, knock on wood, yeah. has gotten it. But um, yeah, I've been lucky. Yeah, I think it's good. I think so that I didn't get it. I haven't gotten it, but I definitely like, you know, I live in LA and everything's closed. Um, and, uh, but I worked out of LA anyway, so that wasn't a big deal, but yeah. And then I'm, uh, the biggest thing is I live in my own apartment now with my son half the time. So that's the biggest. thing. Oh, nice. Oh, so wait, so I, I'm not sure what my response should be. If it should be nice, <laughs> or if it should be <laughs> what? So, so the assumption is, is that now you're living the single game. Is that right? And then yeah, yeah, you're, I mean, you're sharing uh, custody of, yeah. of the child, yeah. which I've also done. Cause I, um, you right. know, my, my five are, um, you know, two of them are stepchildren. So I know that game I've, I've, I've gone through similar stuff. Yeah. So, well, that's, that is new. Yeah, well, this is good that we're talking to them because um, I don't know if she'll hear this, but she doesn't like to think that it's over, but it is for right now at least. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I really, really, I really, really hope, just from a personal standpoint, that like the full confirmation happens from this podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I've said it a lot. It's just. Uh, <laughs> Well, this is why it's good to talk to you. We have a child together and yeah. uh, we, uh, it got really uh, turbulent. It got turbulent and I decided that it was best to leave. Um, sure. I mean, we're not far. We see each other a lot because we take care of the same baby and uh, I'm like a seven minute walk. But um, her biggest argument is that, well, one of the biggest ones is that if, if we don't get back together, then he's going to have step parents and she doesn't, she didn't have that growing up. So she doesn't know what that's like, but yeah. you are a part of that. So what's your I am. What's my experience? Um, yeah. Well, I have overall one of the strangest, most convoluted family situations from top to bottom. Yeah. That you I can imagine. Some of it. So if you don't want to share, you don't have to. But. No, no, no. I, I uh, fully share. I mean, well, first of all, um, so my, my wife um, has full custody of her boys, okay. uh, 16 and 14 years old, and I love them. And I think of them as my own, even if they only think of me as the weird guy that sleeps in the same bed as their mom. But <laughs> I, uh, we, we get along really, really well. They're really funny. They're yeah. very sarcastic, uh, almost to a fault. There's a certain point where... Um, you know, you, you grow up and you're like, I'm always going to be cool and stuff. You won't be, you, you won't be, you're going to turn into like a dad at some point. Um, but I, I love them so much and we have a lot of fun together. And I feel like, you know, if in this circumstance for me, if I'm just me mm -hmm. and I am just honest constantly yeah. um, about what I think is right and what I think is wrong and how I feel like their mother should be treated, how I feel like I should be treated or my kids or whatever, or how they should go about living their lives or how they could be successful. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, um, you know, censor myself. I'm gonna just 
be open and honest and they're really smart boys. They, yeah. they can take, uh, what I say is something helpful or not. Uh, they're old enough. And my hope is just, just be a positive influence in their lives. Yeah. And, you know, they've been a massively positive influence in my life and hopefully I can reciprocate. Um, but it, it, you know, it is complicated, you know, their dad, um, is, you know, the relationship is complicated. And so, and then my ex-wife with my kids, our relationship is complicated Yeah, and it doesn't always, you know, smell like roses, but you know, the hope is, is, is at the end of the day that we're putting them first yeah. above our own self-interest. And that's, that's the goal. Um, but at the same time, like I have, I was adopted. I have adopted parents. Yeah. I have a birth father who's married to, or his, you know, his partner uh, that he's been with for many years is fantastic. And I love her and they're great. And then I have a birth mother who is with a different partner and they're fantastic and they're great. And I have seven half siblings all over the world. Yeah. And I love them all. And I think they're all additive to my life. And, you know, it's complicated and weird, but, um, you know, it is what it is. You, you sort of deal with the family that you have. I know plenty of people who have very quote unquote nuclear families and quote unquote traditional families that, you know, kind of hate their family. And I love everybody. Like I legitimately enjoy everyone's company. And I have two adopted siblings who I love and, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's my family. It's the way it works. So I think, I think people are, are resilient in that they can, you know, be happy in whatever circumstance. And I've talked too long. No, that's really a, great to hear because that was my thought was like, just from the aspect of love yeah. if, for whatever happened, if we stay in this situation where we're apart and then maybe we do meet different people, then he's just going to have more people that love him. That's right. It seems like that would be good. So, so that's why I was glad to hear you say that. Well, I, I think you're right. You know, I, I, my limited experience, and I'm sure people have vehemently different opinions, but I, I think what it comes down to, uh, kids, I, uh, I, I think just humans need people that are stable in their lives, yeah. no matter who it is or whatever the circumstance is. Like my, my birth dad, who didn't even know I existed till, um, you know, wow. just over a year ago, I just yeah. found him. He didn't even yeah, know. I I, you tell me that. Yeah, it was a wild, wild, wild moment. Um, he he's such a, a genuinely good person. Um, he has a ponytail, which I'll you know forgive him for. But other than that, he's just a good dude, <laughs> and he's just been so sweet. And he has these sisters that have just like accepted me and my wife and. Yeah, they're funny, and you know we've done marijuana gummies together, and <laughs> they're they're just awesome, you know. Yeah. And so, I, you know, he hasn't, you know, I didn't meet him till I was thirty eight years old, yeah, or thirty seven or whatever it was. But he's been awesome. So I, I, I don't think it matters as long as people are, you know, good at the end yes. of the day. Yeah. I, because I, well, I mean, I, I had one of the nuclear families you were talking about, and I, I loved everybody in my family. I was a middle child, but I think about like my mom, 
took care of us during the day. And then my dad would take us out to play on the weekends. And so my mom would stay in most of the time and like do stuff around the house. So it was like, there wasn't a lot of all together family time anyways. So it's, I feel like, um, I feel like it's not that it's overrated, but I think, I think that the connections are the most important thing, however they happen, which is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's always hard. None of that is easy ever. Yeah. And it sucks. Um, But I think that there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, So high fives, buddy. I, uh, I would give you a hug if uh, uh, there wasn't a a, a global plague and we were (laughs) not in different time zones. I was going to say, I don't think even if there wasn't a plague, you wouldn't be able to give me a hug right now. I'm not here. You're not close enough. I'm not close enough. There's no way. I mean, maybe if we like both drove right now, I had to wake Jack up and, uh, yeah. and drove what, 10 hours or no, it's not that far. Four hours each way or whatever each of us we can meet. Hey, uh, yeah. Something like that. Like four, four or five hours yeah. uh, oh, for each of us to meet in the middle. Yeah. 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 But that, that would uh, probably be um, the most psychotic podcast ever. We could keep it recording. <laughs> I would play like, like Deftones and, and Tool and you would play, I don't know what you would listen to, but like Michael Bolton or whatever you're into. And then it would play simultaneously and it would just sound like noise for five hours straight. And then we'd meet, we'd embrace. And then that would be the end. That'd be the end. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be good though. No, I mean, I'd be, I, I would be open to it if it wasn't for the plague. You're right. It is the plague that's causing it. <laughs> yeah. It is the plague. Yep. Um, we're all going to die. Um, there's an insurrection, uh, the government's going to be overthrown. I live in the mountains. I feel fairly confident I'll be fine, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. I'm also were Hunger Games. Would you be in the capital or is that Colorado? Are you familiar with the book? Oh, I, I am. Also, my my 16 year old stepson like loves the Hunger Games, which is really funny to me, and also <laughs> a little scary just because a he's six five. That has nothing to do with anything. I just want you to know that he's huge, uh, and I'm not. Uh, that tall um and also he's just like a really stoic uh sort of quiet kid um but he just loves those movies and the books still like i i i think it was uh, i i like accidentally turned on like the hunger games and like the music came on one day and he was like in the kitchen and he like looked up and came in the other room and was so excited that i was watching them (laughs) <laughs> I became uncomfortable and turned it off. Um, I don't want to spend time, you know, but um, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> the, something about the Hunger Games? Um, I think if you were like, as you're talking about mountains, oh, yeah. if this were Hunger Games, would you be in the capital or is that Colorado that's the capital? That's my, I don't know if you Yeah. Know. Well, you know what? I mean, it depends on how you're, you know, in the way in which you're asking the question. I mean, I personally think because I, I live in Park City, Utah, where the Sundance is and such, um, that it is superior to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, definitely from a, like a national scale, I am for sure more along the lines of like District, uh, you know, nine through eleven. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, we are not one of the like fancy districts at all here. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you, LA, I think, is like district. I think LA is the, either the capital or minimum district two. That's a good point. I mean, the capital's yeah. not, or LA is really not in the mountains, but it is, you know, it's, 
I can see someone having that opinion. Yeah, it's where like the crazy hair and makeup is happening and people are a little self-absorbed. I'm not sure if you have experienced that before in LA, but. You know, I, I don't meet a lot of people from LA. Yeah. And a lot of the comedians I know started out in the Midwest. Yeah. So I haven't really. The, and the actors I've met are everyone. What I found is you don't really get to see that part of people because if they are that way, they're so nice to you because they don't know. Well, they might just be nice people or they might be like, who is this person? What could they do for me? Which I'm not judging. It's your business. Like you should treat everybody nice if you're in sales, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what being an actor is, is constantly in sales. So I do feel it lends itself to this really nice environment. Um, so well, that's good. Nice people. For the most part, there's been some comedians that have been mean where it's just like, I try to be nicer to them just to see if they'll still be mean. And it's like, oh, you still are mean. <laughs> yeah, there are a few of those. Like I, I did, a, uh, I produced the show at the comedy store. Yeah. And we were doing it for literally for kids with cancer. It was yeah. a, a, a charity show. And there was a person who was a comedian who we had pursued, you know, and we're like, hey, we like your comedy. This would be great. This will help benefit children who are dying. Yeah. Come and do this show. And came and did the show and he got on stage and literally on stage, he's like, What what is this for? Why am I even doing this? I don't even I don't I don't care at all about this. And uh his personality was exactly the same off stage as well. Oh. And it was just like, you know, I understand like the, the shtick of being like too cool and such. Yeah. There's a certain point where, you know, maybe don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe pull it back just a bit. I get on stage if it's like, oh, this is a way to get a quick laugh. You know, I can understand anybody saying anything. Not that it's right. Yes. But, uh, sorry, that noise I did. Um, but you're right. Off stage, it's always nice when people are nice too. Yes, that's right. I, I agree. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, Hey, this is a, a thing about words, supposedly this yeah. podcast, um, we should talk about some. Yeah. So, so this whole thing, I, I'm just like a massive, um, nerd. I like words and I like music, um, are, are two of my favorite things. And in my free time, I will just like look up, you know, etymologies and stuff. And I will also look up like, uh, you know, when did Eddie Vedder write that song and why? And so this is one way to take one of those two things and uh, just, you know, try to make it slightly more effective. So yeah. um, you you chose the word prestigious, mm -hmm. which is, is more interesting than it you would assume on face value. And we'll get yeah. into that in a second. But first, what I always like to do with every guest is do a little bit of research on their name. Okay. And, and then go into it. Um, I, I actually chose Michael. Usually I will choose, and your last name is very, very, you know, it, it's uncommon to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, uh, you know, grew up in a, in a place where there was just like tons of palisacks running around. No, if I meet a palisac, we're related probably. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually went with Michael uh, largely because I could find almost nothing about Palisac, but also because there are so many Michaels, uh, I feel like it, it's it's relevant enough. Why not? Let's get into yeah. it. So the, none of this will be, probably be surprising for most people, but um, 
Oh, first of all, on the Palisac side, I am interested. I, I'm always, always curious. Were you part of a family where you're like, mother or father were like, hey, here's the Palisac family crest. Your, your grandfather, so-and-so came across on this kind of boat. This is what our family means. Get this crest tattooed on your back. Like, were you like <laughs> hardcore, like Palisac hurrah type people? Or was it like, whatever? It was a, it was a mix. I do remember my, um, the closest thing I have to that was when I was in middle school, I had to do a family tree. And um, I just, I, this is before like email or whatever, which is how old I am. And my grandpa, I asked my grandpa about that story, like who came over and he like typed out a multiple page report on like the parents that came over and how it all happened. Like one, the dad came over first, saved up money. And, and so there's, I, that story is somewhere about that they were Slovakian and came over um, and uh, to Pittsburgh, but then the wife didn't like the smog. So they moved or like the steel mills, so they moved to Cleveland. Um, but I don't know the seal or anything like that. Um, I, I just know that they came over and how they kind of came over. Nice. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think it might be the partly actually the, like the adopted thing or something, but I've always been so fascinated about like family lineage yeah, and like how you got here and where you came from. And, you know, looking back at like old photos of, of people as far back as you can go and being like, Oh, that looks like so-and-so or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, th there's something about it that I think is, is relevant um, or important or something, but um, uh, yeah, my, my, my family was, was a little bit that way, probably similar, like kind of a 50, 50, but I always had this sort of like, I'm adopted. I don't care so much <laughs> unless it's like the biological part for some reason. Yeah. But um, do you know, do you know, to shift to Michael, do you know what the meaning of the word Michael is well, or the name Michael? I know, uh, I don't know if it's just religiously, but I've heard it means who is like the Lord. Is that accurate? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Who is like the Lord, who is like God. Uh -huh. um, and it is, it is more of a rhetorical question, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, assuming that no one is. Yes. Um, well, that's good. But, yeah. Cause it's a lot of pressure otherwise. Yeah. Ex except for you uh, <laughs> specifically, but uh, of course there's the archangel mm -hmm. Michael, um, which we, uh, of course, everyone knows from the, the biblical, biblical reference yeah. uh, was the archangel that uh, fought against Satan and helped defeat Satan um, long ago. Yeah, and there are right. different interpretations. I grew up Mormon. I have, we have our own really weird interpretation. But you have um, St. Michael in the Mormon church? Sure. So we, uh, the Mormon church, um, I'm, I'm pretty squarely in the atheist camp these days, but I did the whole Mormon mission. I wore the tag. I annoyed people by knocking on their doors. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we, uh, subscribe to the King James version of the Bible. Okay. And so, you know, the old and the new. Yeah. And so, um, he's in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely in there. Um, and he, he sounds terrifying <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds like a middle linebacker at his prime. Just like, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's tote swole for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like, like book of revelation, um, you know, sort of like, like, like a flaming sword and uh, all sorts of craziness or something like that. 
but Michael is, is definitely tough. One of the things for sure in like the Book of Mormon, for example, um, speaking of swole, there's a lot of like really muscular dudes in like the Book of Mormon art. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure if it's similar. Like I, I feel like, like uh, of course, like the Catholic Jesus is very like gaunt and skinny. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about other sort of Christian-based I think religions. that's a good point. I think a lot of the, like the angels have muscles and stuff, but I'm not sure. I, I should pay more attention. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. Um, I think there's a uh, there's something in the Bible about um, like angels coming down and then like, oh, it was Sodom and Gomorrah. In Sodom and Gomorrah, like angels came down and the uh, the people in Sodom and Gomorrah were, were so very wicked that they wanted to have sex with the angels. Oh, wow. Which may, I mean, which would make sense if if they were super buff and such. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like more like, why are you coming down and tempting these people? (laughs) Yeah. It's their fault. It's like, I meant to go to Walgreens, not a nightclub. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to go to Walgreens and have some like shirtless Fabio (laughs) type uh, filling your prescription. (laughs) Um. But, uh, but yeah, so, so Michael, a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty popular in the old U S for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, did you grow up like with like four Michaels in your, in your class? Yeah, I think when I was young, we lived in New York and there were probably some there, but I remember specifically when second grade, we moved to Indiana, there was another Michael, but I th- he might've already been a Mike, but we decided early on that he would be Mike and I would be Michael. And that worked perfectly until middle school when that whole it was with new kids and so then i became a mike for a few years to my friends but my mom didn't like mike she liked michael <laughs> so she everyone in my family i don't know about this for your family every my immediate family always says your whole name even if you tell them that that's not what you want them to say they'll just they'll call you your whole name like first name and i will you know but that's just what they do yeah nice i think but yeah so they always did michael yeah, I uh, Brandon is not easily, um, you know, sort of uh, uh, nicknamed. Wait, Don uh, isn't short for Brandon. Don, <laughs> you go to hell, sir. Um, <laughs> no, I yeah, no, I, I mean, I really don't believe that threat. Um, the the only real like um, like from my name nickname that I ever really had, which it's not really even a nickname because it's exactly the same amount of syllables as uh as brando yeah um which uh one of my best friends uh mason dal shout out hashtag mason um is the most canadian sounding person in the world <laughs> um and to this day he'll call me and and be like hey brando how's it going you know um <laughs> but that's it that's all i had uh, never yeah. a mike never a mikey so i remember in college a guy in my dorm room asked me if I was ever a Mikey and I said sometimes girls would call me Mikey and that was fine because Mikey's kind of childish so I was like yeah. well I think like they could do it as a friend and it'd be fine but guys never I know there's some guys that were just Mikey I was never a Mikey like that um I was either Mike or Michael or when you get to certain age people just use your last name a lot and that'd be Palsack or Pally Pally was probably like the sports one a lot Pally mm-hmm. you, pl- you played sports uh high school yeah, I went to a smaller, like a small town, small high school. So if you wanted to play, you got to play. So I played everything that I could, basically, that I wanted to. Nice. And I uh, like. Well, Go ahead. 
What, what was your uh, graduating class size? So we, we, we broke a hundred. That was like, our school is about 500 kids. Nice. I, I win. I, uh, <laughs> I always like to throw this out there. No, I, uh, uh, I had 65 yeah. in the, in the graduating class. Um, my sister had like 45 or something like that, but nice. I like it. That That's yeah. a, that's a similar reference point. At the time I was like, wishing I was at a big school because that's how you kind of, kind of got recruited better. But I mean, I wouldn't have been good enough to get recruited at all sports also, but also, and like, it was really fun to be able to do everything at the highest level at my school. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure I would have found other things if I wasn't able to play sports, but I enjoyed those a lot. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I played basketball, football, volleyball, football. I remember in ninth grade, uh, a kid named Ryan Richards uh, came and he was the MVP of the league that year. Wow. And he had like a full beard and he smoked cigarettes on the sidelines. (laughs) He had like, he had like chest hair, like coming up through his pads, like uh, around his neck. Yeah. And he would just, he would smoke on the sides and he'd be like, let's get it, you know? And, uh, he was amazing though. Um, he's probably dead now. No, he's not. I'm, I'm Facebook friends with him. You could smoke on school property when you were a kid? It's in Canada, you know, people are, oh, people Canada. are loose, loose, loosey goosey, you That's know, 18, you can drink, whatever. Do yeah, some, we, uh, some I did all those, except instead of volleyball, I played baseball. So I played football, basketball, baseball. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I sucked at baseball. I got hit in the face with balls a lot. I got hit one time, but I was, my back was hurting. See, I grew I think I grew up, my older brother played. And I think baseball is a sport that like, if you played as a kid, it's, but it's not like, I feel like you can pick up football or basketball when you're just older. Like there's, I was telling, there's tight ends in the NFL that played basketball in college and then decided to play football. Yeah. Um, but baseball is like, definitely like, I mean, I played catch with my family a lot, so I kind of had to at some ages. Yeah. It's cool. Your, your dad loved you. Anyway, I know. I didn't want to bring that um, up that you adopted, but you had adopted no. dads that could have been out there with yeah. you. A, no, I didn't. And he, he was, he was cool too. And he, but in, he, in Canada, probably baseball wasn't as big of a deal. Like in America, yeah, we just have one. We just have well, we had two teams when I was a kid. We had the Expos too. And, and, and they'd have like hockey in the Blue Jays because I'm so excited about that. The Canadians. Oh yeah, people love. I mean, when the NHL went on strike, for example, like I was, I was in college maybe, yeah. and I was in college in like in the U.S. and it'd be like Sports Center, it'd be like basketball, football, baseball, and at the very end, maybe they'd be like, oh, I guess the NHL is still on strike, and then you'd go. <laughs> You'd go, I'd go home and it would be like prime. I, I'm not joking, like primetime news. Yeah. And it would be like hockey still strike. I guess Darfur is happening or something, but hockey, <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it a, yeah. It was a big deal. It makes sense. When, that, when baseball went on strike in 1991, 92, that was a momentous occasion in my life. Yeah. Um, the Expos were good that year too. The Expos would have won their, their league. Best thing about the Expos is their logo. Yes, I have a hat like that. Yeah, yeah. People are big fans. It's like the, uh, it's it's, uh, it's second only to the Yankees and like the pink, pink hats and the red Yankees hats and all the silliness <laughs> that they do. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about uh, prestigious. So, first of all, why why did you choose this word specifically? Um, you know, I feel like I'm not that. So it's a goal is to be prestigious. Uh, I think, I don't really know what it means, I guess. And then I thought about it more and uh, I really love the movie, The Prestige. Yeah. I don't know why it's really called that other than why they say it in the movie. 
And so yep. I figured I would let you do that work for me. Well, and I did, buddy. Um, I don't really know what it means. That's why I like it. That's why I <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, yes. Michael Caine. Yes. Uh, you, uh, I don't. I can't remember where I learned this, but you know how to say the word or, or the name Michael Caine in Michael Caine's accent. No, I did, is, it, but I didn't know. Yeah, the trick is, is you say my cocaine. <laughs> so instead of Michael Caine, you just go my cocaine. <laughs> and it sounds perfect. Man, <laughs> you earned that tattoo of the most transformative comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is going to influence generations for sure. There's uh, 20 years is going to be a Carlin come out of this. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, actually, so prestigious. Um, prestige so we're talking 1540s wow when this word started coming out based in latin like many many words yes but uh this goes wonderfully with the prestige uh directed by the uh great um what's his name (laughs) christopher nolan christopher nolan that guy yeah yeah what the great just one the prestigious one um christopher nolan um so originally it was and it did mean practicing illusion or magic juggling deluding deceptive that's what it meant full of tricks jugglers tricks that's so interesting i picked that because i will tell you i don't want to interrupt you but go ahead no please go well um so I, I didn't, I think I mixed it up with prolific because, but I love that because uh, I've been watching, I watched the Netflix series, The Spy, and then I've been reading. Yeah, I did too. That was yes. great. And then I watched, I've been reading John Le Carre novels, which are about. Yes. And he just died. I know. And it was all, I mean, this is really sad, but it just sort of coordinated with me um getting out of my situation and i felt like a little bit of a spy at the time so i felt prestigious <laughs> wait, wait explain explain to me the spy part well because like um okay so i'm on a podcast i think it's okay to share whatever i say uh i was in a situation where um we had talked about our relationship and i i, I was under the impression that if um i was going to make a move i had to definitely make that move and not yeah. be like in and, in and out at the same time because that would just be hard for everybody and hurtful and and uh and she actually said that one time she claims she didn't mean that or something but like if i was going to leave that i should like break up then i have to be able to do it i can't just like say it and then not do it which is hard to do because we're together seven years so yeah. i was like i have to like have a place to go i have to tell some people i have to have a plan but i can't tell her and just about the same time i started watching the spy and all these things and i felt like and then like i I had things coming in on my phone and that were like, were like I, I looked at an apartment. I didn't want that to pop up when she was looking at my phone and I just felt like a spy. I like it. Do you know what would have been? There's no like, cheating oh. involved. There was none of that. There was no, <laughs> there's been no extramarital even now. No one's seeing anybody since the pandemic. I was just more of like, I have to lead a double life to um, yeah. for safety right now. And she would even agree that what I did was the best thing at the time. Uh, which I get you, you do. And and you did that better than I think I did with my first marriages. Uh, You know, you've got to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I I do think that that's really important and get it out into the world because otherwise it feels, it feels terrible and impossible. And it feels 
weirdly secretive and crazy. Uh, what would have really helped you is if you had had a twin brother like Christian Bale that no one knew about that could oh God, stay. Everyone had to house. break up. Yeah, you should just have him stay and pretend to be you, and you're just like Audi, you know, just get out <laughs> of there, you know. Um, no, that's that's really really interesting. Well, and also you know, uh, comedy and magic for whatever reason mm -hmm. they get pinned together because um, it's sort of a, a set you up for one thing and. Uh, sort of slapping in the face with something else. Um, th there is some overlap there for sure. Well, um, yeah. I always think about as a comedian when I'm writing that like, and everyone has their own style, but I want to write things that happen to me. I want to do, I don't want to like make stuff up. I don't want yes. to lie at all. I want to just, and uh, I started out um, with Tommy Jonigan and he was very much that way. And I think that had a lot of influence on me because I just, and being on, I got to do Letterman and he only had comedians that were pretty much like that. And so I live, I grew up that way of like, your art is your life and your life is your art. And in that movie, um, I don't want to ruin it, but you've seen it, right? You've seen it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. they love this magician who like lays an egg on stage every day and then no one can figure out how to do it. And then they realize that the way he, I'm sorry if people are listening to this and they were, but this isn't the big turning point. It's, it's like 25 years old. I think if yeah. they watched it now, by but now. It's like they realize the way he does it is he just always has an egg under his legs. He just always has one. That's yeah. the way he can do this trick is like, he just walks always like that. And, and it was, to me, it was like Michael or Christopher Nolan being like, this is one way you make a movie or art or anything is like, you just live it. And I always think about that when it's like, I have a joke that I think is funny because it's real, but it's not working. It's like, well, if it doesn't work, that's fine. You just get rid of it. And if it does, that's great. But the most important thing is that it's true to what you're trying to do. And you, that, that commitment is the most important thing. And I think about that guy with that egg a lot. Yeah. And that's, it, it's interesting that you bring up like the Like the show is always on for him. He's always prestigious. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's interesting. You bring up like the spy. Like I, I've been thinking about that guy. Like, so yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen plays real life. I, I, I can't remember his name, but yeah. um, Israeli spy. Neither could he. Neither could he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and you know, he he gets in this point where he he's a spy. He's he's uh, um, I can't remember the exact city that he was in, but he's uh, you know spends so much time he sort of forgets himself and he forgets what's real. Yeah, and uh, it almost and takes that job. Yeah, it takes that level of commitment to like buy in, whether it's like a real story or it's not, like to fully believe it. Yeah, um, it, it requires quite a bit of of commitment to get there. Yes. Um, but it, it's interesting too. Like the um, do you do you have like can you think of off the top of your head like a lot of do you feel like you would be the kind of comedian who was like I'm going to lead you this way. And then Shazam, I'm going to take you completely <laughs> in a different direction kind of, uh, kind of jokes or, or what do you yeah, think? I mean, I feel like every, especially when I started every punchline to be funny had to sort of surprise the audience. So I think it was more yeah. that way then. Now I think there's a mix of like, I'm trying to express something and hopefully the laughs come. I mean, I don't know why they come, but if they come, it's because people are relating to it. Or it's like what they were thinking, but they didn't think that like that surprises there. And then there, that is a very efficient way of expressing something. Something honestly is like 
saying it in a way that makes people think something else is going to happen, but then you say what you're going to say in the beginning, and yeah, that's definitely deception. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think people like to be surprised, and I, I, I did this thing sort of early on where I would try to, um, I was a big fan of like the joke that no one expected to be a joke, mm-hmm. where I would sort of start with with this particular idea, and it was you know, kind of, it was still engaging, but it was yes. maybe even a little bit serious Yes, and it would go on too long, yeah. you know, like it would go on it's sort of like a, a, like a Chappelle sort of thing. I feel like Chappelle did this thing a, a couple of times where he would like, he would talk about like black history and he would talk about like his civil rights and, and you would be really engaged and interested in what he was saying, but nothing was <laughs> funny. Yeah. And then he would just throw out this like really crazy or hilarious you know sort of punchline at the end and uh i was really interested in that sort of like format and wanted to to try that a few times and and, and did it to to some you know varying levels of, of success but um i really like you know communities that will go out there and, and be comfortable with with silence for a while yeah. not 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 losing the audience not not being like you know um you know not getting full bill hicks and getting them to turn on you but you still have them be there and focus mm-hmm. on you but um kind of do the unexpected by the end was always something that was really really interesting to me one um, thing yeah oh well one thing that i heard when you're writing a screenplay is like the ending it was it's from like socrates but i read it in like uh the storybook by john not john green i don't know but anyways, it's like the ending should be something that once someone sees it, they, they wouldn't have expected it to happen. But like, but once they see it, they're like, there's no other way anything else could happen. And I think that's right. like the perfect surprise is like seeing it and then be like, oh, that makes a hundred. That's this is the only thing that could have ever happened in this situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's that's fantastic. I don't think I've quite achieved exactly that, but I, I love the idea of that. Yeah, um, I don't know if anybody, I mean, I'm sure people do, but I, I don't think you do every time. But yeah, I think jokes are like that. And every probably like every kind of art is somewhat like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and what's what's cool about like the word itself, prestigious is, um, you know, it started out as this um, sort of trickery magic um, sort of concept. And then around um, uh, like the the 19th century, there was a, an actual dictionary that um, marked it as obsolete. So it became like a dead word almost. Wow. And then um, somewhere around the early 20th century, it came back around and became more like what we think of as prestigious now, okay. right? as, as something or somebody that is, you know, uh, worth uh, respect or is, um, you know, has some sort of power or, or whatever that might, might be. So it, I don't exactly know, and I'm sure I could, f- you know, eventually find it at some point, but I don't exactly know what triggered the difference or the change from sort of being uh, a trick or being, uh, you know, magic or uh, a sleight of hand, you know, sort of that concept to suddenly now I'm just like a, a powerful, influential type of person but i i love not knowing i kind of don't want to know because that in itself is is weirdly i mean i just imagine 
over the years, politicians were so deceptive that they were called <laughs> yeah. And then yes. the kid, the parents' kids were like, "Oh, that means powerful," and that's how it changed. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, it's probably something very, very close to that. Is a bunch of <laughs> lying pieces of garbage <laughs> were called <laughs> called out as prestigious, and then they're like, "Do you know what?" They're whispering in everybody's ears. They're like, "Do you know what prestigious means?" It actually means powerful, <laughs> wonderful. It's yeah. actually made me I, honestly when I was reading it, it was made me think of you know I don't. <laughs> to get too topical or, or whatever because it's going to be depressing but dude i mean people marching on on the capitol and yeah. you know calling one thing that literal opposite as far as i'm concerned from what it actually is yep. um it's really bananas you know the way in which people will will reinterpret or misinterpret ideas and words to sort yeah. of fit their desires and ideas mm -hmm. or how susceptible a certain person might be to those ideas that are interpreted the way either they want to hear them or they happen to be predisposed or whatever to hearing them yep. and how they can make life choices that uh, I, I don't know might probably not be good for their life forever <laughs> no it's it's just um, such a crazy you know and this you know by the time this will air uh, you know america will be in flames and we'll all be dead but um I that i need i have a tear. <laughs> i'm sorry except for your your son and my kids they will re-inherit the earth and <laughs> uh, start start anew but it's um it's really crazy man like i you know i feel like it has been so blatantly obvious that um this this was going to end up this way but um man, there's a lot of people that are surprised or feel like this is a good outcome or whatever it might be. But I got to do, uh, I got to do some pushups and work <laughs> on my punch. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think anything about it is, I mean, I'm sure maybe someone can, you can find something positive. I, I just know when the March happened, it was a very, like, it was a day where I was taking care of my son. And uh, his his our mom's dad and brother were in town. There is dad still in town, grandpa still in town, and so we all met at the park. And Jack is really good with a phone at too, so I don't even have my phone out when he's awake. I try not to because I'll just want to watch Sesame Street videos or whatever, which yeah. is fine. But it's like, let's be in the world, and uh, in your two. Um, and so I wasn't on my phone at all. And then. Um, I had a couples therapy session with his mom later and the therapist was like almost in tears and really talking. I was like, what happened? They're like, oh, this horrible thing happened. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, it was like, yeah, that's horrible. But we just got down for a nap and that's good. Like, it was hard for me to shift gears from being like something so macro to be like, I just got down for a nap. He ate both meals already. <laughs> yeah. I want to be sad about this, but also he is sleeping already. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that was my experience of that whole thing. And the idea that I kind of understood where people would say like, well, at least everybody that were supportive of this movement that saw what it is now can sort of have some, be more open, more like their eyes are open to what it really was and sort of be more aware of it in the future. But I don't know if that makes people smarter. Yeah, it's, I think it's a weird. Um... And I don't like that people died or got hurt. That's really sad. 
No, it's terrible. I, I think it's a weird sort of marrying of um, that micro with the macro. I think that's why people yeah. are so impassioned about it because it, it hits them where they live. Um, you know, there's a certain level of poverty or there's yeah. a, a religious zealousness or there's, you know, what, whatever it, mean, it, it may be, it, you know, sort of hits with this large national movement. And I think that's where you get people, you know, rioting and doing crazy, crazy stuff, you know, on the level of terrorism, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, it's um, just like, yeah. no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, I know it's an emotional thing. You don't necessarily, but it's like, we have like, our military budget is trillions of dollars. Like, you need right. to talk to those people. If you're going to do something and take over a government, what do you think was going to happen? Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Again, I'm not, it's not surprised. The, the castle time where you can storm the castle and be like, we all, like, no, we have all of the weapons in the world. Yeah. That, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. The, the psychology of it is crazy. And I, I think that's what a lot of people are struggling with on both sides is, is, or on every side, it's not two sides. There's like a hundred thousand different sides. Yes. But it's just, there's just a lot of, um, uh, I don't know. There's, there's just a lot of, um, people thinking very, very differently from, from one another and, and sitting in completely different spaces. I mean, we're looking at each other from, you know, we're looking at, you know, a certain group of people on earth and they're on the moon and they're looking at us from the moon to the earth and it's just you're gonna miss a lot of detail well and when it comes down to like that sort of action and violence and stuff like that i think there has to be some sort of whenever there's a terrorism it seems like there's some sort of brainwashing from the top or from some oh, for sure where it's like you're getting these people to do the dirty work who are like susceptible to this sort of cult experience yep well that's yeah those people are victims in a way i mean they're victims and especially now their pictures are out there and like their lives are changed forever yeah, you know, and they, you know, they made those choices mm -hmm. and it, it's, you know, those consequences are real and they shouldn't be surprised by them. No, but they clearly are. But at the same time, like I, you know, I grew up, um, you know, in a space where I feel like I, as far as religion is concerned, was um, sort of fed us a certain narrative yeah. that I bought into that I feel like affected my life pretty significantly. And um to the point where like if i was in a circumstance like this where sort of um belief meant or met reality mm. you know it's very possible i would have you know made decisions that would have been horrific you know yeah. but just because of that sort of like you know almost cult level commitment um and, and an yeah. extreme lack of of self-awareness and and logic and and free thinking that, and yeah. yeah no i don't you're that that's where i sit too because my parents luckily um raised me in a way that didn't allow me to go down any of those paths but there have been moments as an adult where like i'm an adult like i'm they're all i'm an adult and like i'll ask them for advice and they'll give me advice on something and i'll do it and i'm like that was wrong like that was bad <laughs> advice but i still believe in it because i love them and they told me to do it and they advise me on all these other things and right. uh, and i can't imagine if it was something as huge as that 
because uh, like this way, well, I paid too much for a car or something, but like that's a much bigger deal. And it's sad that they, uh, that it went like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For better or for worse, at some point I got to where I um, almost knee jerk reaction disagree with everything my parents say at this point. <laughs> I love them very, very much and they're very good people. But uh, I, I just, uh, I just go against the grain constantly. I was talking to my mom. This was like a year ago. Yeah. And we were talking about whatever. And then just got quiet. We we're talking about like the weather or my kids or something like that. I got quiet for a second. She's like, you know, I just have no idea where I went wrong with you, oh, <laughs> which is maybe the meanest and most accurate thing she's ever said. Cause I don't know either. Um, I mean, I, I mean, raw, you seem to have a very healthy life. You dad, <laughs> kids. I do. Okay, I, I get it. I mean, like, that's hard. I feel like there are things that, um, them, like when I want to be a comedian or an English major, my dad didn't agree. And I feel like that's one sign when I do it anyways, where I'm like, oh, this is definitely what I want to do because I disagree with them. So it is, I'm not like completely brainwashed, but the things I'm on the fence on, or like, I don't care about necessarily. And they'd say to do this thing. I'm like, well, that, that sounds right. Let's just do yeah. it. Yeah. Go but for I it. think it is the opposite for some people. Some people are like, I'll do the opposite of that which maybe there's people like that that's from the capital that have very like, I don't know, liberal parents and they're like ostracized from them. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what that's like. My parents are so conservative that like two weeks before I got married, um, I was in the same room as my parents. Like my dad was in front of me. My mom was kind of behind me and he looked around me to my mom and he's like, Hey, do you think we should talk to him about S E X? <laughs> He spelt it. Yeah. Was it? So like. Uh, Not as a joke. You know, it wasn't as a, it wasn't as a joke at all. Um, I was like, I think I got it covered, buddy. But uh, I appreciate it. Um, I was in my twenties. Nice. I was, I was like, hate to break it to you, but we've been there. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I was, I was never going to get the uh, incredibly, uh, you know, sort of liberal, free thinking sort of conversation. But at the same time, here's the thing: is like. Usually people say, you know, that in a negative completely, it's not, it's not necessarily the greatest. It would have been great had I, you know, maybe as a, as a 12 year old gotten like the, the, the SEX talk, but. Um, yeah. Usually that's what happens even when they are conservative because they don't want you to do it. I mean, I don't that's, know, that's it. They just say, just don't do it. Well, my um, parents were pretty conservative, but they didn't say it. They were like, I'll let you talk. And then I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. No, I, I got no information. But simultaneously, I also feel like conservative people tend to be a little bit more dirt under the fingernails types of folks. Yeah. And, you know, I, I learned a lot of that. And so, yeah, you know, it's all, it, it's never all or nothing as much as we might like to think it is. So you can rebuild a transmission. What, what was that? You can rebuild a transmission. Yes, that's right. No, I can't, but I can change oil and I can change a tire. Yeah. No, that's so great. There, so there you go. Yeah, my um, dad didn't teach me a lot of that stuff because, but he did like, there's some stuff that I could have figured out. But they did, I mean, they were, my parents, I was raised Catholic and in the schools, it was encouraged to talk to us. So I think that's why my parents, I mean, my parents probably would have anyways. And uh, they weren't as conservative as yours were, but they said, this is what they decided to do. And it was so funny because in seventh grade, it's weird to think you have your own decision. I didn't think I even did. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. 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 That, that's a crazy moment when you realize like, oh, I can, I can choose what I want to choose when and how I want to choose it. Yeah. And I can, you know, be in control of the outcome to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Yeah. It is a weird, it took me longer than it should have to get to that point to realize. Well, yeah. even though they said that, I still didn't believe them um, at that age. Like, I still was like, yeah, but you guys would ground me or something, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it didn't <laughs> register. Um, and there is the whole uh, other experience of living with them. And we went to mass every week, which I, I'm happy that all this have happened. But um, they still influence you in a lot of other ways without talking. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's crazy. My mom just pretends like, like, you know, to, to, to wrap it back around to the beginning, we're just at the point where we have a, like a, like a, a peaceful sort of, you know, standoff We're we're both sort of in no man's land. You know, when I get like a, a new tattoo, for example, she just, uh, pretends like she doesn't see it. She doesn't want to know about it. Yeah. She, she, she pretends like it doesn't exist. And I, um, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I fully support it. Yeah. Um, but uh, this has been a pleasure, man. It's been really fun to to chat with you again. It's been too long. Yes. We need to get you back out uh, to the the beehive state uh, when we start wearing masks and stop killing everyone here yeah. because we just walk around coughing each other's faces here. You don't wear masks uh, either, or in your in other people's places. No. I mean, I, I wear them, but it, it is not. We're 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 not very um, smart in this yeah. great state of Utah. People are dying <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. Um, but again, we're in the mountains, so it's uh, <laughs> it's better here. We, we stay away. But um, I mean, best of luck to everything, man. I, I, it's, it's been really good to chat. Yes. Thanks, for, thanks. thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me.